What's up, everybody? You are tuned in to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. Hit that notification button. We got a lot to get into today. Uh, we got special guest again. My cousin Mark is in the building. We're going to get his recap of the Ravens game, and then we're going to preview this Chargers game that's coming up this weekend, see if these Kansas City Chiefs can right this ship after a loss. What's going on, Mark? How you feeling, man? Uh, it's good to be back. I told you I was going to be back again. Here I am. Uh, lots of, a little bit to, well, I'm going to say a lot to unpack. There's like there's quite a bit to dissect. I actually took the time to watch it again it's like to really get a few notes down and then we'll, and then we'll go from there let's let's roll see what we got to talk about see how where this goes so basically going back to the Ravens game and you know I already did an episode talking my giving my take about the Ravens game but just to reiterate what I what I would say is the the name of the game is what the defense didn't show up mm-hmm. the run defense was lacking there was a lot of missed tackles there's a lot of questionable things going on with this defense, but there are some things, but it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's the silver lining from this game is that, and, and I guess you could say the past two games is that there's a silver lining. The Browns game, we didn't have Tyron Matthew. We didn't have Frank Clark. This game, we get those two guys back, but we got to understand Tyron Matthew is coming off of covid they said that he, you know, had burning in his chest. That's why he didn't play in the Browns game. You saw him in the Ravens game. He's on the sideline. He's getting oxygen. And even in that, he still was probably at, I'd say, 85%. And he still was still one of the top safeties in the league making plays. Frank Clark, we got to understand, Frank didn't play no preseason. This is Frank Clark's preseason. He, he is getting into football shape right now. So he got – a. You know, what he got in the Ravens game is what he would get in in preseason, mm-hmm. but more intensified because now got, teams are scheming. They, 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 they got the, the, the playbook is open. So Frank had to get, you know, he had to get his mind into game state ready. You know what I'm saying? So this defense can be fixed. It can be fixed. Now, there's a lot of talk about Chris Jones and him being at defensive end, it did the experiment. It, should they switch him back to D tackle? I would say let's let's get let's give it at least at least to week five. Yeah, I mean, just like everybody's like, let's not hit the overreaction button. I mean, we've seen this before. It's yeah. like we always have those games where you're still trying to figure it out. We always believe it's like just like last year. You know, weeks one through four are typically the weeks where you're just trying to figure out get like get the chemistry right and all this stuff. Preseason is completely different from the regular seasons. It's a different beast. So it's like it's a lot to unpack, a lot to figure out. Always believe, well, especially now, it's like with the, the you have the ex- extra week, you're trying to make sure you stay healthy. That now, say between week four through about week thirteen, or the critical, where you kind of like start to see people get that chemistry, you have teams separating themselves. So don't don't be so quick to hit the panic button right now. It's like it's way too early. It's like as as you were saying before with the defense, you know, it progressively it gets better. It's like it's not always out the gate to where they just explode and all of a sudden this great defense. Just give it some time. And and most of the times, defenses take more time. To get ready. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a little bit of time for a defense to get ready and to um, get into um, mid-season form. 
you know, the offenses are fast because offenses know where they're going with the football. Mm-hmm. Whereas in defenses, they, you know, they're playing off of instincts. They're playing off of, they're guessing mm-hmm. almost. And they're not as fast as they're thinking more. Whereas in our offense, they, they, they're out there just playing. A well-oiled machine offense like we have. As you saw on Sunday, Pat and them was doing what they want with that defense. That By the third quarter, that Ravens defense was gassed. They mm-hmm. were tired. One, because they was following around Tyreek Hill trying to, you know, keep him from getting the ball. But that just opened up things for Kelsey. It opened things up for Byron Pringle to get a touchdown. Miko Harmon had a good game. Say what you want. Yeah, he only had 55 yards. But every time he, he was targeted, guess what? He caught the football for the most part. Yeah. He caught the ball. And he was where he was supposed to be when the ball was thrown to him. By, yeah. And then Demarcus Robinson had a, a, a touchdown. So yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot to unpack them just with that game in itself. It was like I, I think I was just kind of like, if there was three segments as far as like how you want to break that game, it was like as far as like where it was won and what it, where it was lost. I mean, let's just like, I'll tell you that the three parts that stood out to me. Uh, one, how they close out the first half. Yeah. The offense, they got going, they got that touchdown back, and then the defense just had an absolute lapse. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no excuse for a team to go down the field with no timeouts. That was number one. Right. Uh, number two, the turnovers. It's like yeah. those two turnovers, and you know, there's no need. It's like, we, it's like Mahomes knows better in that situation. He's like, that's something you just kind of eat it. It's like just enlist to play another down. Right. And then the and then the, the way the uh, game ended, um, and people had different uh, speculations about it as far as like how it was and it's like what the, was it the right call? Was it not the right call? Personally, and you say like, you can quote me on it or whatever you want to do with it. I wasn't a fan of it because with this team, this team's DNA, they're just a team that knows how to go. They make explosive plays. Right. And as you were saying, this they could not stop the pass to save their lives no. at all. No. Say with the Ravens, they could not stop the pass. And it wasn't a matter of stopping Tyreek Hill. Um, let's point out the big three that were out there. And even so, was like, I actually want to give these three. Like, I want to actually give them three claps on this one because with the play of uh, Robinson, Pringle, and also there's one more. I forgot who it was. But they had to collect McCall Hardman, that's who it was. Yeah. They collectively had ten catches for one sixty four. And they were big plays. Yeah. They and, were. and that was that was absolutely critical. And even leading up to the fumble, it was like regardless if it was a fumble or not, it could have been a fumble, it could have not. They could have had it and, and whatever. They still could have won the game. I still wouldn't have liked the call. Because prior to that call, they had Three passes down the field, which they marched down on them for 43 yards, and they right. could not stop it. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Now, I will say this. I was I was not mad at, at the running play because I understand what Andy was trying to do. He was trying to run the clock down. The Ravens only have one timeout. We had, what, three? We still had three, right? Mm-hmm. And we still had three, all three of our timeouts. So I understand what Andy was trying to do. Now, we can argue semantics or if it was the right call because Pat was grooving, he was in the groove. And at the end of the day, and I hear this all the time, we got to stop depending on Patrick Mahomes to save us and we can't always can't be dependent on Pat. And see, that's where I disagree. When you have the franchise, that's what you do. That is what he's there for. Tom Brady. He's a franchise quarterback for years for the New England Patriots. And when it was the fourth quarter, what did they do? 
They put it in his hand. Mm-hmm. They didn't take it out of his hand. Peyton Manning. When it was time to buckle down and they needed to play, did they take it out of Peyton Manning's hand? No. They put it in his hands to make a play. And that is what Patrick Mahomes is brought here for. That's why he is the $500 million man. Because why? Because they expect him to, to save the day. That's what franchise quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's why the, um, and no disrespect to the Tennessee Titans, that's why they'll never win the Super Bowl. Because you know who their best player is? They're running back. Mm-hmm. Not Tannehill. You can't put the ball in Tannehill's hands and expect him to march down the field because he's going to fold more times than not. Baker Mayfield, same difference. That is the difference between great teams and good teams. Is that at the end of the day, yes, are there times when you need your defense to get a stop? Yes. Are there times when you need a player to step up? Yes. But at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is the equalizer and he is the franchise quarterback and he is paid to make plays when we need it the most. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't like Andy taking the ball out of Pat's hands. No. But do I understand what he was trying to do? Yes. Did he get a little bit too conservative? Yes. He got conservative. They was going for the field goal. I personally think they should have tried for the end zone, mm-hmm. gave the kill shot. And I talked about this. I talked about that there are times, even in this Ravens game. Yes. It, there were, there were times when they got the ball back and we were up 14 to 7, and we could have went up 21, 21 to 7. And I believe that if we went up 21 to 7, Ravens would have went into panic mode. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have been able to run the football like they were. Because now they're down by two scores, and here we go again. But there go that even comes to show the difference as far as like, even the, just the way the game the game concluded. This is why I said with this Chiefs team, do not forget who you are, right. because even on the turnovers, like with the when the Ravens got the ball, and this is this is the difference between teams that these are the, between championship teams and teams that are just there just to make it to the playoffs. That you put in the play and you put in the uh, hands of your best player. And the, the best player wants to go out and get it. I was not mad as far as with the calls, as far as with the technique, as far as what they did with Lamar Jackson. The coach called him out on it and said, hey, do you want to run this? Yeah. They knew it was working. They believed in it, and yeah. they rolled with it. Had it been the other way around, I think the outcome might have been a little bit different. I just saw a team that was hungry versus a team that settled. And, and when there's a team that settles, it's the kind of stuff that backfires on you. They might have got a little cocky. Yeah, might have got a little cocky. Like, nah, we got this. We gonna march, you know. And Pat, and, Pat just marched. We down. We on the on our. We was on our own 40, 30 yard line. Nah, we got this. I and, think Andy might got a little cocky. And part of it too is just like I said. I, I said beware. This might be a look ahead game too because I said there was a division game coming up, true. and it's a possibility that could have factored in there. True, true, true. And we're gonna get into that in a minute. But there's one more point I want to make. I understand people love Dirty Dan Swords. <laughs> and I love Dirty Dan Swords. He comes up with, he always comes up with the play. He is the cleanup man. That's what I call him. I call Dirty, that's why he's Dirty Dan. He's the janitor. But there is no reason in hell that Juan Thornhill should be having 11 snaps in this game. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I don't care what doghouse or what, what Spags felt like, what packages he wasn't. No. There is no reason with the athlete that Juan Thornhill is that he should be left out in the game and only having 11 snaps. You should have all the best players you can on that field, especially with that defense looking the way it was looking on Sunday. Because Juan is also pretty good in the run game, too. He makes plays in the run defense. When, when running backs get to that second level, what do you see? Juan Thornhill putting a hat on somebody. So, and I said this in my past episode, I didn't like that. So they need to fix that. I don't know what's going on with Juan. I don't know the relationship between him and Spags, but they need to put him on the field. And and this loyalty to to, to Dirty Dan Sorensen, I get it. They feel like he knows the playbook, but he can't execute everything. <laughs> and at the end of the day, big time players make big time plays, and you got to be able to to cover your assignment. And the Kansas City Chiefs are at their best when they let Tyron Matthew roam the field to allow to use his instincts, one deep safety in the deep free safety, covering everything deep, and let uh, Sorensen be that hybrid linebacker. That's what he's best at. I'm sorry, but they need to put one on the field. <laughs> I'm sorry. They need to put him on the field. Ben Neiman, I understand why he's on the field, but uh, Willie Gay couldn't get back faster. And he, Ben Neiman probably still won't get off the field, but at least I believe that Willie Gay Jr. will be better in uh, the run defense. He can cover ground, and he's good at coverage. So, like I said, no panic button. This defense, I believe in Spags. I believe in the leaders on that side of the ball, Tyron Matthew, even Frank Clark, Chris Jones. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna get it together. Yeah, I mean they will. I mean, it's not not always bad bad news. I saw some good things. Like I'm gonna go back to like kinda like what I was saying a little bit as far as with the clapping up for the day. It's like the three claps went mm-hmm. to the receivers, uh, Pringle, Hardman, and Robinson. I told you the ten for one sixty four. Uh, two claps goes to the offensive line. Uh, they kept Patrick Mahomes clean. Hey, I'm actually impressed. The tackles. Now, the, 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 remember the last episode we gave love to the interior. Mm-hmm. Those tackles did a superb job. Lucas yeah. Newing and Orlando Brown made vast improvements from the first game. Yep. Now, I get it. There's no Miles Garrett, no Clowney on that side of the football. But still, you work with what's on that side of the football. And I'm telling you, those tackles did a tremendous job, both of them. And Pat, for the most of the day, he had a clean pocket. He was able to step up, make throws, and that's why we put 35 on. Yep, and that's why they got my two claps of the day because it's just for them. So you definitely see the improvement mm-hmm. as far as like, keeping them clean and all that stuff. Granted, there could have been that one sack, but, hey, it, it, it is what it is. So the offensive line, I'm giving credit for. The only thing that – and it's not always on all on the offensive line – this has to go with Clyde Edwards Alaire too. Mm-hmm. Is that he's got to get we got to get better in the run run. He's got to pick his holes better. But there are some times where the run defense you know gets mauled too. So it's hand in hand. But it takes time. It's a new offensive line, and 
they got to get that chemistry. So yep, it it'll get there. I I, I still believe in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. A lot of the problem is this with Clyde Edwards-Alaire is that we're so used to great running backs. Yeah, you know we're used to the Priest Holmes. I mean, you had Jamal Charles, <laughs> you had Larry Johnson. You know we had Kareem Hunt, and he's coming after Kareem Hunt, and everybody's still sour about how the Kareem Hunt situation went down. So here's Clyde coming in and where he was picked in the first round. People are expecting Clyde to be like a Kareem Hunt. And I just think they have two different games. Mm -hmm. They're two different types of players. Do I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a very good running back? I do. But we, we don't need great. We've shown for the past three years that we do not need a great running back to get to the dance. We need a very good running back who knows their assignments. Do we need Clyde as a lad to run for 100, a buck 50 every game? No. But if he can run for 80 yards and catch for 60, man, that's a good day. In my book, I don't know about y'all, but that's a good day for me. So, Let's not give up on Clyde yet. Clyde is a good running back. People tend to forget he got hurt last year. If he didn't get hurt, I believe he would at least had over 1,000 yards rushing. So let's not get off Clyde. Clyde is good. He had the one fumble. He's good. I think, I think he'll bounce back. Usually when it's like about this Chiefs team, they show a lot of poise. And when they, they come off of losses, they know how to bounce back very quickly. Yeah, they get, they, when they get punched in the mouth, they wake up. Mm-hmm. They wake up. So. All right, now, Sunday, first uh, division rivalry game, AFC West, Chargers coming into town, Arrowhead Stadium. They're coming off of a loss against the Cowboys, a little controversial loss. I watched that game. Uh, It was a little tricky with the referee, but I ain't going to get into that. (laughs) Anyway, the Cowboys won, whatever. And this this division is, is early, but we're looking up. At a 2-0 Denver Broncos team and a 2-0 Raiders team. But, you know, and here we are, 1-1 with the Chargers. And once again, this team is going to be totally different from what we saw these past two weeks. This ain't, you know, not to say that Austin Eckler can't run, but he ain't he ain't the running attack that we just saw. This is going to be more so throwing the football. And this is where the corners... And the pass rush is going to have to be effective. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Jerron Reed—they're going to have to get to the—they're going to have to get to Justin Herbert. Because if they don't, he's going to throw all over us. And these corners are going to have to be on point. We're going to need a couple picks. Tyron Matthew—I would love for him to get a couple picks again. Maybe Lejarius Sneed. But this is going to be a different flow of offense. With with, with uh, Kellen, um, Keenan Allen, Keenan Al- yeah. Mike yeah. Mike Williams, who's coming into his own. Mm-hmm. That dude is starting to become the best receiver on that team because he's just a big dude who just goes up and gets it. Mm-hmm. And, and they got this Josh Palmer kid. They got they got some guys over there now, and Jared Cook. They got Cook over there now. So yeah. they got a formidable offense that can go score for score with us. Let's not be. There's not. I know we talk trash about the Chargers and they ain't got no fans and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they got a very good offense and they got a very they got a decent defense. That defense 
has some young talent with Derwin James, Bosa, and the kid uh, Asante Samuel Jr. So they got some guys over there. So we, the Chiefs going to have to come out and punch Chargers in the mouth. Yeah, division games are always the toughest games, I believe, mm-hmm. no matter whether you're at the top or where you're in the ceiling. So you had to go in the basement, should I say. It's going to be a tough matchup. It's like I expect it to be a good game of chess. I mean, you're dealing with a different coaching staff also in the Chargers as yeah, well. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting to see exactly what game plan that this uh, coach puts together going against uh, this uh, juggernaut Chiefs team, which they're used to, especially coming off a loss because – uh, Andy Reid teams like coming off a loss is very difficult to beat, especially yes. in Arrowhead. And and that's where I think that we will we will win the game is that you got Andy Reid going against a rookie head coach who who's still trying to find himself as a head coach, who's going against somebody who's regarded as the best offensive mind in the game, probably to this right now. Like we talking. Masterminds and offenses, and a lot of teams who steal stuff from us, and all this. Andy Reid is at the top of the list, uh-huh. and I just believe that this coaching staff will outclass the Chargers coaching staff, and we'll pull away with the with the win. I think with this game in itself, I think it's going to be a very similar game plan because, like, the, the Chargers, they don't have any walkover corners. They got a lot of experience as far as like, in the secondary spells, especially when you know, you got the return of uh, Derwin James coming back, coming back from that injury that he has. I expect the, the middle of the field, especially with Kelsey, I expect him to have a big day. As always. This might – let me tell you something. Kelsey might have a better year than that than last year. Mm-hmm. It, it's positioned to do so because as far as what they're doing, everybody is so – Scared of Tyreek Hill. His speed <laughs> yes. is second to none. Yeah. And it's a definitely a factor. I mean, you saw it in there. You saw it as far as it with him. It's like that. Yes, they limited his his catching. He didn't have he didn't have many yards. But also, you did see the Tyreek effect as far as it, what it does because they were so focused on him. You saw another one, two, three receivers. Plus, you had Kelsey getting there being a factor as well. And that is a huge problem. And if we can get another good game from Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. I'm advocating, look, I love Miko, and Miko has his role. But I'm advocating for more more snaps for Byron Pringle. Because every time the dude gets the ball, he makes a play. I ain't never seen one time when Byron Pringle doesn't make a play. Yeah, when he got into that open field, it's like on that touchdown, it's like I knew he was gone. And oh, it was, was it was like move. it was like three or four defenders around him. Mm-hmm. And he was gone. That's how that lets you know that's another element of speed on our team. That dude is not a slow boy. He's a big, he's kind of a bigger guy, but he's not slow by no means. And like I said, I am advocating for more Byron Pringle snaps because the guy knows the playbook now. He's been in the system, he knows where to be, and he has good instincts. When Pat goes on the roll, he knows where to be. He, he kind of has that thing, like, I ain't trying to put him on the same level as Travis Kelsey. Because Travis, I, I don't know, it's telecommute with him and Patrick Mahomes. They just send sonar signals to each other, and Travis is just in the spot to where he need to be. Uh-huh. But, but I remember Bringo, man. I'm advocating for more snaps for dude. Yeah, and I want to give a clap to Marcus Robinson for going forward. Move, go forward, man. Catch the <laughs> ball and turn around and go forward. I'm so happy, man. Keep doing that, man. Stop doing all that shaking. Go forward. But if the offense, if I, if we could look at the stat line and Travis Kelsey has another 
close to 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. Byron Pringle has a touchdown. Miko may have a touchdown or what? Or um, Demarcus Robinson can have a touchdown. If we can get that consistency, this offense is going to be scary. There, you will not be able to stop us. If we can get that level of consistency from the third and fourth and fifth option on this team, you guys, no, no team will be able to stop this offense. Just know that. We will, we will put up 30 to 40 points on every defense. I don't care whose defense it is. The Steelers, whoever has a, a, a considered a good defense in this league, we will put up points on them if we get this level of consistency from the offense. Now, what I would like to see more of is Jarek McKinnon. I do want to see more of him because he almost had a touchdown himself. So I would like to see him a little bit more involved in the offense in the passing game. But other than that, I have no complaints. I believe that the offense is going to do what they always do. They're going to, especially with this Arrowhead crowd, they all go out there and they're going to they're going to they're going to put some points up. They're going to put some points up. So, what do you think? Um, this upcoming game, um, I expect Patrick Mahomes to be north of 300, four touchdowns, somewhere in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to put a score on it, I would probably say, I mean, with the defense, they definitely got to make some adjustments. I don't think it's going to be rapid. Like I said, it's going to take some time. I see the Chargers probably hanging up around 24 and the Chiefs 38. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little bit higher score. Um, no, what? No. I'm going to go 30. No, I'm going to go 42 to 31. I think they put up 31. I think that, like you said, it's going to take some time. I, I think the defense is going to look better as far as they're going to get more stops. Mm-hmm. And they will get a sack or two. But I still think that this Chargers offense is just going to be – and I like to be surprised. But I just think that they're going to be too good and they're going to get a couple scores. And they might, e- they might even get a late score. But they'll get stopped at like 31. And then, you know, we'll score like a couple more touchdowns and we'll win the game. So, mm-hmm. that's, that's just how I look at the game. Um, so – that's our time today. Um, appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate Mark coming through again. Like I said, hopefully he come through again. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be here, you know, when he, you know, with the schedule, you know, our schedule is a little different. So <clears throat> when he gets in here, he'll be here. If not, you know, you'll be rocking with me. So uh, thank you again, Mark, for coming through. No problem. Anytime. Love to see you when you come back. Um, and hopefully we, when we talk again, we're talking about a, a win over the Chargers. Um, and I want to thank y'all, man. Uh, appreciate y'all. Subscribe to the channel, like I said in the beginning. Hit that notification button. If you're trying to find us uh, on any podcast uh, platforms, you can find us on Google, Apple, uh, Stitcher, Breaker, uh, Spotify. Um, any podcast streaming outlet that you use. Arrowhead Chief Podcast is on there. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can also find me at Arrowhead Chief Podcast on all Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, uh, TikTok, Facebook, 
like the Facebook, follow the Facebook page. You can, you can find us on there too. And uh, if you want to talk to me directly, you can find my personal page, Chris, C-R-I-S underscore style 702. You can find me on there too. And if you want to get, Mark, you want to give out your, your social media stuff? Yeah, sure. It's also, as people know, it's also my DJ as well too. Uh, you, call me, you can find me at uh, DJ Amarks, DJ A-N-T-M-A-R-K-S 702. You can find me on there as well. Cool, cool. Thank y'all. Y'all guys have a good week. Have a good weekend. Let's get this W. Go Chiefs. <laughs>